dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to the Surf and Artificial Turf Podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how are your two weeks, buddy? Two weeks were... Aight? Yeah. Um, start with the sad first. Sad, maybe, to some people. Uh, both my and my wife's grandmothers died in, like, a matter of a couple days apart. Hmm. Um, both our mom's mom. Condolences. Situations. Um, so, that's always fun. On the plus side, um, my wife saw her grandmother... The day before she passed, hmm. uh, and she was still coherent enough to talk to her, so that was good. Uh, my grandmother has not been coherent for ten plus years, so less of an issue because she's had dementia and, and has been mute for yeah. over ten years. Um, uh, we went down for a week to my folks uh, down in the hellscape known as Cape Coral. Um, it's good, free babysitting. You know what I mean? Like pl- in terms of positives. Uh, really, really caught up on my work. Um, went to a Red Sox game for the first time. Brought Elliot and Emmy to the first baseball oh. game. Elliot liked to walk around the stadium. Yeah, uh, and not pay attention to the, <laughs> to the game. Uh, the other things that happened. Pretty missed like three weeks, minutes of action in a baseball game. Mm. So, hmm, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that my I mean, it's in the top five of my shows of all time. It is approaching number one. Uh, a show called Succession has come back, mm. and I just I love it to death. Uh, there's a lot of good TV right now, so it, it's a lot of TV uh, watching after the Oscars have now passed, uh, and more good TV to come. Just you know, so uh, that's kind of our nights right now. I I'm, I have a very exciting D and D campaign. Starting tomorrow, <laughs> much excite. Run by the co-host of the Super Narfish's Guy podcast, Max Rail. Uh, a lot of so talking in two days fun. for me. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, a lot of stuff going on, not a lot of stuff going on at the same time. How about you, buddy? <laughs> uh, went to Key West. Took took my child down for Cousin Week, uh, which my mother takes all of her grandchildren. During spring break, they all go down to Key West, and she had a great time. You know, got in the pool. It was why isn't freezing. it called? Why isn't it called grandchildren or grandparent week? Because it's for the cousins to get to spend time with each other. Okay, so it's not for the benefit of your mom and father. No, it's for the benefit of the cousins getting to spend time together. Okay. That's the way that it's always been couched to be, but my mother hosts it and allows the parents to disperse if they so choose. Got it. Uh, So, did that. I guess I should shout out a show. Last of Us finished. Mm. What what an incredible show. Uh, Maybe the best video game adaptation movie or TV show ever. I can't imagine the competition. <laughs> what are we talking about here? I'd have to really think about it. There could yeah. be like a good movie that was not a mainstream video game <laughs> or something like that, but the, I can't think uh, of anything top of my head. The first Resident Evil wasn't terrible. Uh, that was a long time ago. You were probably yeah. like seven years old when the first Resident Evil movie came out. Uh, you might not be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's the only that's the only one that really comes to mind that wasn't really that bad. I'm sure there's some other stuff that wasn't terrible. Yeah, but uh you know, other than Cousin Week in Key West, which was a great time, just whole mess of work at work. It's the time of the year for people to be coming in to Publix randomly to just pick up subs while they're at the beach because it's Florida and it is now mm. ninety five degrees pretty much all the time. Yep. So are you close to the beach? Is your public close to the beach? Uh, I, yeah, we are on the opposite side of the road from the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so as we said two weeks ago, 
as we all remember. Today we are going to be talking about free agent winners and losers, and then we'll be hopping into our first mock draft of the year, a three-round mock for the Jags and Dolphins only, where we will be having robots select the other picks. But first, we're going to get into our free agency winners and losers now that we're a couple weeks in, and uh, you know the drill. This is something we do all the time. So, Casey, get us started, buddy. Either one. Give me whatever you want. I'm going to go with an, a uh, a loser. Okay. Um, and it's not a team. It's a it's a position group. Mm-hmm. It, it is uh, maybe your, your least favorite position group, although that might have changed. And that's a tight end. Because yeah, It's not my least favorite <laughs> position group. I love them all like my children. I just... <laughs> The value of it is not extremely high, as NFL well, teams the, proved this offseason. NFL is on your corner because yeah. uh, the contracts that the tight ends have uh, signed this offseason. Um, Robert Tanyan, one mil, uh, one year, uh, two th- two million sixty six hundred fifty thousand. Good God, um, can I speak? Uh, Donald Parham, uh, two years, two mils six two point six five mil. Can I, uh, let me streamline this. Austin Hooper, uh, one year, 2.75 mil. Jordan Atkins, two years, 3.9 mil. Mike Giusecki, one year, 4.5 mil. Manhurts, two years, 6 mil. Dalton Schultz, one year, 9 mil. And then the two top ones are Josh Oliver. What? Jaguar. For, three, for three years, 21 mil. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't even remember seeing that contract across I the board. But... What are you? Maybe are you have the Vikings as a loser? Because good God! And then um, Hayden Hurst, uh, Panthers, three years, twenty-one mil, which I'm a little bit more okay with, based on I like the idea of having a solid tight end um, as a part of your rookie offense, rookie-led offense, rookie QB-led offense, which is a part of it. Obviously, might be. Um, I don't know if we're including that in terms of free agency winners, like if we're going that far back, but the Panthers obviously making some uh, moves, which I think we might have discussed already on the pod and are at least functioning. Well, putting a functioning offense out there. Hey, 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 uh, don't double dip rookie. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Don't, don't double dip here. You're talking about <laughs> tight ends. Chill out. And then there's the Jets. No, I was kidding. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so the, the tight end market, I, I think, much to the the benefit of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, because when you tagged Evan Ingram, he was probably thinking, "Hey, cap increase substantially. A lot of good tight ends out there. Uh, so when those card contracts are rolling in, me, Evan Ingram." Probably the best option out of that group mm-hmm. is gonna should be the top, right? Um, and now, what is he looking at? Three years, twenty four million. Yeah, like that's the contract that I would give him based on those other contracts. It's still the top of the market based on what we just read off. Um, but there's a lot of sh- lot of short term deals, not just in tight ends, but for really all free right. agents. Yeah. Um, and just like the numbers that were coming out for the tight ends, I think it was just kind of surprising because. In my view, the tight end has gotten more valuable uh, to an offense just because they're becoming more um, – they're used in different ways. There's a lot more pass-catching tight ends. Uh, and so you would think that over time the tight end value is going to increase as they become more and more utilized in pass-catching. Uh, but this offseason did not prove to be the case. I uh, Before I start, first off um, – what are you drinking this week, buddy? Uh, OJ. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's uh, sounds it, uh, terrifying. Playing play words on the orange juice mm-hmm. it is a double IPA from Lona Pine Brewing Company from Portland, Maine. Delicious. Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. You got you got to stick with the hit. <laughs> yes, you do. You specifically stick with it. You mean I try to I try to branch out. Here. Uh, I think part of the tight end issue with this offseason, if that's what you want to call it, is and now we're going to get into it here in a little bit with our mock draft. 
there are several very, very good draftable tight ends this year. That's true. And who knows where they're going to fall in 52. in this draft. <laughs> so there's, you know, there there are going to be some very good cost-controlled available tight ends. So I think any of the teams that would have like really been willing to invest in a tight end might just be like, let's just see what happens with the draft first, since I think that's probably one of the two strongest positions in this draft for this for this year. So I'm going to go also kind of like you and go high level for my first one, and I'm going to do a winner and touching on the draft one more time. Um, draftable wide receivers are a winner because much like what you were talking about with the tight ends, the wide receiver market was uh, very lackluster, not a lot of exciting players um, in the wide receiver area for free agency, which it I did th- result in them getting overpaid though, Go because good guys, some of those contracts were ridiculous for those types of players, you know? Yeah. 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 But there's still, you know, like, three or four of them and then like a trade in there for Elijah Moore. Uh, I think we're going to see these wide receivers going a little bit earlier than some people thought. Like there's been some talk that maybe only one wide receiver goes in the first round. I just don't think that that's ever going to be the case ever again. There's going to be wide receivers that, that teams like their flavor, like how they fit with their team. It is constantly going to push wide receivers up as it becomes a position that's more scarce and free agency because teams aren't going to be willing to part with productive wide receivers going forward. Yes, I, I agree with that for the most part. Um, if they do part, you're going to see trades like the Tyreek Hill trade, the right. AJ Brown yep. trade, the Devontae Adams trade. Um, so, or teams yes, are getting you, something significant back, like a first-round pick, right? Uh, uh, right, right. Um, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, and uh, I don't know if it'll be this bad every year. Um, it is an interesting year for it to be bad because this is, um, compared to the past, previous few years, a more of a down year mm. in wide, the wide receiver room. Next year, uh, it's a step back up. I don't know what the free agents look like in the wide receivers, but... Uh, no, definitely get and agree with your point. Um, and, you know, those wide receivers, um, it actually might boost where they are drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might see a few more first-round wide receivers than if there was a better free agency wide receiver group right? Uh, because because of it. Because this, then it should be, right? The, uh, compared to their first-round grade, right. like, how many right. wide receivers got first round grades versus how many are actually going to be drafted in the first round? I think the latter is going to be more due to, in part, this free agency class yeah. of wide receivers. Yep. Can I bring that point one. home? All right. Um, all right. I guess I already hinted at it and I needed another winner anyway. And I didn't even, it, it was just a subtle, you know, just mm-hmm. like I just naturally got into this winner. That's the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Um, the trade was a lot but was necessary i like this i like this quarterback group um you know i i think that we definitely have a group of three or four um nfl starters and you know guys that definitely can become top of the line quarterbacks in the nfl I don't know if they aren't as high of prospects as you know maybe a Caleb Williams from like next like next year, but they're definitely better than the group last year. They definitely warrant to be drafted in the top ten. Um, so that trade, you know, was a necessity I think for the Panthers because being middle of the road forever is just is just not a not a solution. Next year, everyone's going to kind of be going for those top two quarterbacks, in my mind. Um, and so, you have a little bit more flexibility here, and you got lucky in that a quarterback, a team that doesn't need a quarterback, was willing to sell your, their draft pick. And um, and also on top of that, they play in the NFC South, and the idea that you're going to ever guarantee yourself 
that the way that the NFC South is currently constructed, that you're going to be one of those top two picks is pretty low because the idea of tanking is fine, but that far into the future, it's like there's no way you could possibly know. And this just gives you that certainty. And I agree with you. I like the option of the choice. And if you're going to pay a premium to get the exact player that you want and it's quarterback, so be it. <clears throat> Although they might be a loser in a couple of weeks when they decide to trade back, but I, yeah, that I would think, be foolish. But to that point too is like they are just skipping forward a couple of years from what the Falcons and the Bucks and I don't know what the fuck their Saints are doing, but also the Saints as well because Baker Mayfield is not the solution. Taylor Heineke is not the solution. Those teams don't have franchise quarterbacks in the Bucks and the Falcons, so they're going to have to draft a guy. Mm. And what what are they doing? You know, Falcons. I can I can imagine there's a chance the Falcons, of course, are the first or second overall pick next year. I think the Bucks have too much talent, so they're really prolonging um, this mm. rebuild, which is what they have to go into. Uh, the Saints are more of going for a let's p- play to win the division now, um, but what is the end game there? You know, are they a team that can run the NFC and into the Super Bowl? Doesn't seem likely. So they are also even further extending that uh, rebuild, but the Saints seem to be a team that never, ever want to enter a rebuild. So that's their own methodology that, in my mind, never really works. Um, let's uh, let's real just real quick touch on a couple of these players that the uh, Panthers picked up. Yeah, I was, I was so, about to do that, man. Oh, okay. Jeez. So, I already have it open. Oh, I just it. wanted to go over the, the, the trade, you okay. know, because that's the first thing that happened that the Panthers did. Okay. After they did that, they decided, hey, let's build around whoever this quarterback is going to be. Um, so they kind of already had the offensive line. Um, you know, the, the last couple of drafts, they have spent capital on that offensive line. And so by trading more, by trading McCaffrey last season, they needed some playmakers. So they went out and spent three years, 25 mil on Adam Thielen, four years, 25 mil on Miles Sanders, three years, 21 mil on Hayden Hurst, uh, one year, five mil on DJ Chark. So, so hold on a second. Ba, 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 ba. those are all the, I would say the key uh, offensive additions. They also signed the center while well, they resigned the center. That's my mistake. Mm-hmm. And Andy Dalton. Of course, um, as backup quarterback. Uh, so Which is not terrible. At, at least eight. Well, sure, um, but who cares? I, I guess it's a good, it's a good mentor. Yeah, for yeah. for the for the quarterback for the quarterback that's coming in. It, it, it's a good foundation. It's a good foundation to start off on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have a second. No, they might have traded that too. Um, I don't yeah. know if the, uh, how much they could. Yeah, I don't know how much else they're going to add via the draft. Um, but they're always getting the ball rolling. They're giving more to him. Yeah, they have, than they have their second. They do have their second, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- they could add a good uh, skill position player there. Uh, yeah. I kind of like the defense already. That's what they have right here on Tankathon I, is Hyatt. I d- yeah, so I mean. Panthers I, at 39. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind something like that as well. Add add another wide receiver to that group. Uh, I I think that you know they are starting the foundation. They're giving more to whoever this rookie is than Justin Fields got in his first two years. Mm-hmm. So uh, get the ball rolling immediately because you know winning with your rookie uh, quarterback with, while your quarterback's on your rookie on their rookie deal is very important. Um, and they can do that pretty quickly in the NFC South, in my mind. So they're, they're potentially a year away from winning that division. And depending on that, if they hit with the franchise quarterback, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, such like the Eagles. Yeah, the Panthers are on my, on my list of winners as well. And it's a lot like what you're saying. It, and we talk about it a lot about the importance of putting – pieces around a quarterback to be successful and a lot of teams don't do it preemptively 
And that's clearly what the Panthers have done is that they've preemptively said, let's get enough pieces so that when this quarterback gets in, we will know very, very quickly if he is the guy or not. Obviously, if he's not, then it doesn't really matter because they, they really kind of put themselves into a hole. But just assuming that they pick the right guy and assuming that he is an NFL caliber player, what they have done is constructed a team that can instantaneously compete in a lower division and the sky is the limit for the Panthers in the NFC South. Wouldn't go too far, but, you know, NFC South easily could be won by a team with a rookie quarterback based upon sure. what the Panthers have done this offseason. My next winner is actually the team on the other side of that trade, which is the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears doing the right thing which we've all said and sometimes teams just don't do even though everybody's saying what the correct thing is and in trading that first pick moving down um with the panthers moving down and taking that uh where are they now the ninth overall selection um and also picking up a number one wide receiver in the trade in dj moore which I think is almost, if not more, valuable than that first-round pick that they got. The Bears were bereft of talent in the wide receiver room. It was uh, not very enjoyable to, to watch Bears games and watch Justin Fields struggle with uh, Ham and Eggers out there playing wide receiver for him. And then they also picked up some defensive pieces for their defensive-minded coach, trying to get them more into the mold of what he likes to run. Um, the Bears switching from a long-time 3-4 team into a 4-3 team. And uh, they just kind of they, they went after a lot of defensive pieces after picking up DJ Moore. Uh, and then I would probably look for them to be going after some offensive weapons in the draft. But I, I liked what the Bears did. I like that they did the right thing in trading that first overall pick moving down and also getting DJ Moore up in that mix. Agreed. It, and it goes back to the wide receiver room, right? It goes back to the free agency. It goes back to the draft both week. So this is the best option for mm -hmm. the bears at this point to add to that wide receiver room is via a trade to try to get someone that is a wide receiver one. And that is a guy like DJ Moore. Um, so I, I agree with that. It, it, it is the situation. And, again, you have three years left. If you exercise the option on Justin Fields' rookie deal, you got to get moving. Mm -hmm. um, and so definitely their biggest need. They added him. They still keep a pick in the top ten. They still get a first-round pick next year in addition to. Um, pretty good. Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, come on down. Oh, Nelly. I mean, that's that the Bears. <laughs> um, okay. Hit me with it. Next, I will go with a loser. Let's go with in the division. That's the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. Because whether or not they sign Aaron Rodgers, they are a loser in my mind. They are mortgaging their future to try to court this guy, 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who had 90% of his body and heart outside of the game of football uh, a month or two ago. And it's only playing because of spite towards the Packers. Not exactly the motivation you want from your starting quarterback. Not only your starting quarterback, but uh, the way it's being handled, the levers they have completely lost in this, uh, before they even you know, got Aaron Rodgers, uh, the way it's been handled. You know, They might end up still losing their first round pick this year. Uh, that's been a debacle along with that is, you know, we got to bring on all of Rogers favorites and therefore we're going to superbly overpay for a guy like Alan Lazard, where we have a solid wide receiver room already. And we're going to pay him four years and 44 million highest paid wide receiver this off season. And is just obviously a, an overpay to get a guy that Rodgers is requesting you get. They lost Nathan Shepard and Sheldon Rankins in two guards and Mike White 
in Braxton Berrios. Um, it, the losses are, are substantial. And Alan Lazard is their big ticket. Uh, they also added Mikol Hardman, but traded away Elijah Moore after that, which Elijah Moore better player than sure. Mikol Hardman significantly. Sure, and got fleeced sure. on the deal for Elijah Moore. Yeah, it was for you know for pennies on a dollar for not not even that. I mean, <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a late dart throw. It, I just it doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, both Robert Sala and the GM whose name is escaping my mind. Joe Douglas are really putting all the marbles on Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what if you know these orders are coming from the owner, so it could give him a little bit more uh, leeway. But if this fails stupendously, where are they in two years? When, uh, you know. Let's, I mean, let's just say they get a wild card and lose in the first round or maybe not even make the wild card round. Uh, you know, then you have a middle-of-the-road first-round pick. You have another year of Aaron Rodgers who's taking up a ton of your cap. Uh, and you do it again for another year? I mean, you're, you're basically saying, I mean, for, for me, if they don't win a Super Bowl in the next two years, it's, it's, uh, it's a complete disaster, and that's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure on everyone. And so they might even double down even further to, to mortgage their future even further. Um, and, you know, it really, of course, all starts with the huge whiff that yeah, at least you and I saw coming from a mile away with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a completely different situation if they have Justin Fields. Uh, I, I just – I don't really – I mean – you analyze the tape a lot more than I did of Zach Wilson. Uh, you could speak it coherently um, from a more of a perspective of what uh, scouts or you know GMs might see in a quarterback. But a lot of what I'm looking at is more of a just a, I mean, I, it's an eye test thing. And I just never saw it with Zach Wilson. Uh, and it probably boiled down to all the comments that you had for him in terms of playing in the structure, outside the structure of a play and things like that. And that's not how this offense would work. Um, it just didn't make sense of how, how they have proceeded the way they drafted. And it might have, they are doubling down now basically on that mistake. If you would, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to correct it in the, in the worst way possible. And instead of getting a guy that I think could have probably carried them further for a lot cheaper, for no assets whatsoever, and in Jimmy Garoppolo, they are instead going to go with 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. just does not make sense. Um, you have to – in what could be the toughest division in the league, um, you know, who knows? I mean, shit, if the Patriots get Lamar, we might be the best division of all time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's just like – it's a lot. It's a lot, and it, it's it's a high risk play uh, for what needs to be a in my mind Super Bowl win. Uh, stray thought here, as you were talking, but this is the reason why one of the reasons why you don't give a GM a second chance on a quarterback when they whiff so so profoundly. If you if you miss on a quarterback in the top 10 of the draft, you right. you should not have another chance. You just should no. not have, because you do desperate, stupid things like this. Um, not only let's just remove the compensation that they're going to have to give up for Aaron Rodgers, which right now I just saw a report right before we started that it's looking like it's going to be two twos with uh-huh. the 2024 second being... Uh, potentially a first round pick depending on how Aaron Rodgers plays next year. So in 20, so the 2024 pick would be determined by his 2023 play. Um, but the Jets want in return a, a, also a conditional pick if Rodgers doesn't play in 2024. And that yeah. is the current hang up is the Packers are like, no, you're taking them for this deal or, <laughs> or you're not. All of that aside, which is a huge blunder in and of itself, 
whoever is telling them that these are the players to draft, whether it's the owner or Joe Douglas, the real person that's telling them to take these players is Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that the Jets are allowing a player to determine what they do in free agency who isn't even on their football team yet. Uh, clearly, he wants Alan Lazard. Clearly, he wants Odell Beckham, and that's a player that they were going after. Clearly, these players that they've talked to and they've gone after are players that Aaron Rodgers wants. It's, and you're allowing a player who you're having to trade for, who's not even on your team, who, as you said, said he's 90% retired, allowing you to make decisions that's going to affect your team for the next two, three, four years to come it is a huge, huge blunder. They are making a terrible, terrible mistake when they could have easily signed Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, and not put all of their chips into this weirdo's basket. All right. Oh, okay, next. coming up next... <laughs> <laughs> uh, a loser. Um, <sighs> Giants. Giants are a loser. <laughs> and the reason why I raspberry is because the Giants get my uh, flashback to I've seen this before uh, award. Uh, Giants. The biggest reason why you're a loser. Four years, $160 million for Daniel Jones. This is, I, I've seen this before. I've, I've seen this uh, to my team happen. Blake Bortles. I've seen this happen to my team. There we go. <laughs> there it is. I'm just so <laughs> struck by this. Uh, to my team happen. To my, my team, team. This. <laughs> my team this, this has happened. Uh, this is what the, the Jags did with Blake Bortles after they made it to the AFC Championship game. Not just uh-huh. what it done in a wild card game. <laughs> uh, this is not a guy that is ever shown that he's ready for that kind of contract, ready to to be the franchise guy. This is insane. This is yeah, this you should this you, you should put all your marbles in uh, two years. All your marbles um, because the guy performed so well to get a wild card in one of the weakest conferences we have ever seen. Um, and then win one game against the Minnesota Vikings, which is the you know most ridiculous record yeah. <laughs> that we've also possibly ever seen. Um, a team that probably shouldn't even belong in the playoffs, but was again it just super lucky and in the NFC. Um, yeah, obviously a huge uh, gamble to do that, and it was a matter of again just kind of being in this limbo of. Not bad enough, and probably not going to be bad enough to get that franchise quarterback in the draft. But, you know, without trading a ton of assets. So, do you tag, go for a guy that's tag, on the free tag him and let Tag him and let Saquon walk. Like, Yes, that I agree with. But, again, it's another thing where I, I, my guess is it's, it's the draft capital they put on Saquon. But at this point, that's kind of, I mean, to me, that ship has sailed. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Uh, I obviously am a guy that is against putting that much uh, capital into a running back, uh, whether that's draft capital or cap space capital. Uh, and so by tagging Saquon for an additional year, I don't, I don't understand that move either. Um, I understand the player he is, but a one-year deal – does does what I mean? What what is your end game? Uh, again, it's just, it's just like you know, what do you think your team is that close yeah. to winning I mean, the Super Bowl? If you fill out your wide receiver room, if Evan Neal takes a huge leap forward because he was terrible last year, like I you know maybe, but again, you're in a tough division. You're in probably the hardest division right now in the NFC uh, with the Eagles and Cowboys. So it, it it's an interesting gamble to do this in hopes that you can live off of the magic that Brian Dable has brought. Look, he's a great coach. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Um, but in, you know, Daniel Jones, he had, he showed 
points of promise last year. And again, a very bad wide receiver room. Uh, but I can't even think of any substantial improvements to the wide receiver room. Darren Waller. I mean, pass catchers. Okay. The trade for sure. Waller. But it, obviously... So what, a little bit better than Ingram? Mm-hmm. The, the, obviously, <laughs> the bigger thing that they beefed is that they didn't give him the fifth-year option, which that mm. uh, he should be playing on the fifth-year option this year. They could have wow. either given Saquon a deal or tagged him. I necessarily, I, I don't necessarily hate the tag for Saquon because r- the running back tag is not that high. And I like the idea of if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, fifth-year option, tag, tag, seven years of pretty cr- cost-controlled running back. But l- like you're saying, they're not at a point with their team where they're built enough where – the running back is going to make that big of a difference for that team. Sure. Unless they're going to run an option offense with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, but it just, it's giving me so many Jags vibes from Blake Bortles getting that contract mm-hmm. and it's setting the Jags back a couple of years because they did that. And they had this dead cap hanging around them because they had to move on from him. Cause he was, he, he wasn't, a franchise quarterback. Daniel Jones, well, not a franchise quarterback. You end up with Trevor. Giants will end up with Manning, and everything will be right. Yeah. You know, Arch it Manning, all works out. Come on end. down. <laughs> um, okay, my next loser. <clears throat> Good God. Can I make it through this? Yeah, all right. Um, I'm going to go with the – boy, I've already done two losers. Oh, well, I'll do another loser. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, mm. just because it's one of those things where in my mind you are on your quarterback's rookie deal. You need to make take advantage of it. They spent a lot of capital last year, uh, and missed kind of on kind of on, on their additions. And you look at what they've done this off season, they've added Eric Kendricks, and that's it, I think. Uh <laughs> And so a declining linebacker, uh, you know, those 31-year-old linebackers. <laughs> um, a right tackle, and who I don't know. Trey Pipkin, the third? That, no, they kept him. They kept him. That's oh, what they that had. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted, I wanted him. So <laughs> they re-signed him. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 uh, they haven't done much. And they'll add it, obviously, via the draft, but... I just think that they should have done more. They were also one and done in the playoffs. Um, I think that you look at the Broncos, who are taking swings, whether they're good swings or not. It's another thing. You look at the Raiders, who are trying to shift and be remain competitive. Rem, you know, with with that with the quarterback change there, um, and changes to their uh, receiving room. You look at the Chiefs, who, you know, may or may not be upgrading a tackle, um, but will always be a top-tier team with that quarterback. And the rest of the AFC, obviously, still um, very good. I think that they need to take more chances, more risks, more, um, and spend more on getting some of these guys. And, you know, they just have not done that. Uh, what team are we talking about? Chargers? Yeah, I mean, not really much else to say. It's kind of like what you're saying. They were uh, nine non-participants in free agency, which sometimes isn't bad. Like the Jags, obviously, I don't think are, are on either of our lists for winners and losers who have signed like three guys that aren't weren't from their team that are like low-level, like rotational players at best. Um, but like sometimes that's what you do in free agency. But the Chargers definitely have some holes that they need to get filled up. Uh, I think more so than the Jags did going into going into this offseason, and they have not really done too much there. Uh, I'm going with a winner, and again, this is another team that got a, an, a, an award from me, and that is uh, throw whatever you can at the wall and hope it sticks. Um, but this time, I think they actually 
they have been doing that, but I think this time they've actually done it with more of a plan, and that's the Houston Texans. Uh, mm-hmm. Texans, another team, if you go to their uh, free agency list, it, it's one of the longest ones of any of the teams. But I think they brought in a lot of players that fit around uh, their new head coach's defensive philosophy. They brought in uh, Robert Woods to play wide receiver for them. And they moved on from uh, Brandon Cooks, who was clearly did not want to be there. You don't want that kind of guy in your locker room, whether he's talented or not. Um, I, I just think that they're a team that is positioning themselves in the AFC South, which is another division that's not particularly strong as a team that if they hit on quarterback in the draft, they could be that number two team in this division or or at least competing for it after this year. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's another thing where I I like what they're doing. Um, Maintain a solid left tackle in Laramie Tunzel. Make sure that's not an issue for years to come. And just continue building a team around um, now where your rookie quarterback will be coming into and continue building on that defense. Uh, along with the rookie quarterback, they're going to have a pick, I think, 13th in the draft. Um, and so another key spot there, the Sean Watson trade, uh, looking pretty good at this point. And two and yep, two and twelve. Twelve, okay. Uh, so you know, solid. Bryce Young, JSN. Team. Yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, let's ride. You know, I, I yeah. think that's a, that's a solid offense. Um, with Pierce back there, I like I like I like I like everything they've done. All right, give me your last one. Uh, let's go ahead. You know what? Let's just go full homer. Miami I Dolphins are this, a I love winner. This one for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Look, we had a few big needs this offseason. Um, it appears the biggest one in my mind is one that we are going to potentially not fill with a ton of money um, <laughs> and that or cap space, and that is the right tackle position. However, everything else, I think we've done a splendid job. Uh, obviously, starting with the big name. Cornerback Jalen Ramsey, uh, huge for a position that lacked uh, depth last year because of the injury, and Kadeko, who was great, but a, a cornerback room with Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Kadeko, who is uh, pretty incredible, including Nick Needham as well. Uh, then we solved the Landon Roberts problem and let him go. Signed David Long, who, when healthy, is uh, incredible. I think we already went over some of this stuff, but I'm just going to go over again. We brought back the running backs that I liked. Um, this running back room is pretty solid. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. Potentially we add someone in the draft. We'll see. Uh, we added Mike White, who is an improvement over Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and... Jacoby Brissett, and we uh, what was the last one? Oh, and, and kind of a wild card. We brought in Braxton Berrios, who you know, Mike Pagano using Braxton Berrios. Give me, give me all of that. You know, uh, and more. Trent I'm excited replacement. To, I'm excited to see how they use him, uh, and also solves our punt returner issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dolphins, I obviously didn't have them on my list, but that's because I knew you would have them there. Uh, I think that they are are a team that's going for it. And also, you know, they picked up Tua's fifth-year option, which, as we were talking about with Daniel Jones, Mm -hmm. unless you're not going to re-sign a quarterback, I I, I mean, uh, unless the player is straight up, you've already decided you're not going to re-sign them, and you're only they're only on your roster because cutting them is going to lose you money. You should pick up their fifth year option. Like I, they, there's no reason why teams shouldn't be picking up a cost controlled first round picks fifth year option, unless they're absolutely miserable player. Um, 
So Dolphins doing the right thing, picking up Tua's fifth year option to see and make sure that they that that's the guy they want going forward. Uh, I think the Dolphins nailed free agency, especially not having a first round pick. My last loser, Ooh. Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Anytime you lose, potentially lose, sounds like you definitely lost a NFL MVP caliber quarterback, you have lost the free agency period. Sure. Uh, he clearly doesn't want to play for them anymore. They clearly don't want to pay him what he's worth, even if that's, you know, setting the top of the quarterback market this year. So be it. Like, that's the cost of doing business in the NFL. You have a NFL MVP on your roster, a guy who can take you to a Super Bowl, and he's up in free agency. He's going to be the number one highest paid quarterback. That's just the way it's going to work. And if you're not willing to pay him, then you're going to lose him. And the Ravens not being willing to pay Lamar Jackson his value is it's to to me I it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It's baffling, uh, and that's the sole reason why they are my final loser for the free agency period. I agree. Okay. <laughs> Draft time, baby. All right. So we're going to do a three-round mock. We're going to control the Jags and the Dolphins. Um, can you see the screen here? I have it uh, shared with you. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I can. So sliders. How do you – so we're using PFF like always. Uh, we're going to do our three rounds. Um do you like where the sliders are at? I have uh, randomness at zero. Draft needs kind of low. Draft for needs kind of low. Care for positional value a little bit higher. And then PFF versus public board right down the middle. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. So um, I'll probably either pause it. So I guess there was one more thing that we had talked about. I don't know if it's something you want to do. Uh, attempting to make some trades. Do we want to try and at least have one or two trades in this mock, or do we just want to kind of just run no, it as a simulator no. and see what falls? Run it, run it as a available. simulator. Okay. Um, then I'll probably go over a couple of the hits after once we get to the Jags pick at 24, kind of go over where some of the players fell. Uh, sure. Let's get into it. So starting it out, we're kind of going, it's it's pretty chalky so far. I uh, don't want to just leave it with dead air here while we wait for the Jags to come up onto the clock. I probably could have made it a little bit faster. but uh, <laughs> It is uh, AI technology, so potentially, yes, you could have sped it up. Let's do that. Um, let's oh, let's skip you know, right over the Dolphins' forfeited pick. Let's put it a little bit faster. <laughs> so at the top, they went Bryce Young to the Panthers, CJ Stroud. Will Levis as uh, the third quarterback off the board, Anthony Richardson uh, to the Raiders at seven. Um, more specifically for me as a Jags fan, the number one position that I'm looking at going into this draft is cornerback. So the way that the corners... Linebacker. Yeah, we're going to run that 11-linebacker <laughs> defense, baby. So the way that the uh, corners kind of went in this draft uh, is kind of how I expect it to go a little bit. Uh, you got a run of the top four cornerbacks coming off by the 16th pick. So you got Christian Gonzalez at 8, Devin Witherspoon at 9, uh, Joey Porter Jr. at 15, and Brian Branch at 16. I don't... The only one that I think has a chance of falling to you is Brian Branch. Other than that, um, I just don't see any of these top corners kind of falling to the Jags. And then in this draft, unfortunately, Nolan Smith already gone. Uh, Miles Murphy already gone. Deontay Banks already gone. And Brian Brisset already gone. This would be, to me quite possibly the worst case scenario for the Jags if they were if they were to be picking in this position at 24 this would be something that I would be kind of looking at uh, trading away this pick oh, okay. um, 
I would not be interested in what's still available here. Um, I'm looking at corner. I, I like Cam Smith a decent amount. Is Ringo gone? Uh, Ringo's not gone. Ringo has been absolutely plummeting down these draft boards, Casey. I don't know if you know oh. this or not. Oh. But I did not know that. Here's Keely Ringo all the way down here at average what? draft prediction of 60. <laughs> um, Holy smokes. I'm a little concerned about what happened with Keely Ringo. Um, uh, not being athletic is definitely an issue for <laughs> uh, a cornerback, in, in my opinion. Um, so because we're picking and we're not trading back, because that's probably what I would do if I were the Jags in this position. Uh, I am going to take Cam Smith. I think he can absolutely mm -hmm. play um, nickel for you. Uh, I think he's a, a, a tough-nosed corner. He can get in there. He can make tackles. I think he would be a, a, a good player for kind of what the Jags are missing on their defense. So I'm going to go ahead and select Cam Smith here. Sean Robinson to the uh, Cowboys. <laughs> Significantly lower than I expect him to be to be going there. All right, you're up. Uh, I would like you to scroll on through to the tight end position, and I would like you to select oh my Darnell, God. Darnell Washington. <laughs> Darnell Washington. <laughs> yeah, and then I will cry happy tears. <laughs> Complete Darnell Washington. <laughs> Darnell Washington makes it to fifty-one. Um, I mean, he almost solves our right tackle problem. Yeah. You just line him up on the right spot there, and if he can, you know, half the time or whatever the percentage is, help the right tackle, uh, I mean, that would be just incredible. His hands, uh, you know, and, and he's a great pass catcher. I think that Darnell Washington, tight end, you know, right tackle, tight end, um, and you know maybe interior offensive line. I would say those are our three biggest needs. Uh, we could look at running back. Uh, we could look at safety. We Jameer could Gibbs look at linebacker. Already gone in this draft. Okay. Too, so okay. Yeah. I I I think if if Gibbs or Washington made the fifty one, and we didn't select them, I'd be I would be shocked in my mind. I just I just like them both so much. Uh. And I would honestly be shocked, honestly, if they fall that far. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, Darnell Washington at 51 is a dream selection. Yeah. If, if, if anyone could fall to 51, I would want it to be him. Because I do think that would just be the perfect tight end for the situation we're in mm -hmm. and the type of offense we run. Would you, would you be willing to trade up for Darnell Washington? Absolutely. I would spend my third-round pick for this year with my second-round pick and trade up. Because in my mind, the tight end position is very important to our offense. Correct, yes. Specifically, and if you, can get, yeah. if you can get a tight end that is just a superior run blocker than what we had last year mm -hmm. and has a pass-catching ability, <clears throat> I think that it would just boost our running game uh, and would just help the right tackle position so much. I, I just – I think that is very important to us in terms of what we need currently, right tackle and tight end. Um, and we don't have a great uh, – Chris Greer does not have a great history at drafting offensive linemen. So – Let's go ahead and just draft a tight end and go from there. I think if you were to design a tight end for the zone stretch game, uh, Kyle Shanahan style offense, Darnell Washington would be the exact player that you would create. Um, I, yeah, it, the exact opposite of the Jags here. This would be uh, an absolute perfect slam dunk scenario for the Dolphins if Darnell Washington fell to you at 51. Coming up, Jags at 56. Um so got my corners selection figured out there so the next thing i'm looking towards is uh wide receiver 
tight end sure. because the tight ends are still uh, kind of lacking um, for the Jags. And then and it's a, and it's a strong tight end class and it's a strong tight end class and edge uh, again okay. what is available to me here uh, I hate I hate all of this um, look at that though I yeah, mean look you, there was one guy at the bottom wait a minute look at look at look at him he's right there you liked him at the beginning of the season These ignore two. he played <laughs> these two are ignore <laughs> you have to so, say who it is they don't the people can't see this sure <laughs> so. I guess, again, this is kind of what we would do, right? I don't think this is what we, we think. This is way too far out to what we think teams will do. Yeah, no, this this is this is a – yeah, I guess we should have prefaced this. This is a what we would do if we were running the our team's um, draft. This is not a what they will do draft. So for me personally, I'm looking at, at – the Jags still need to provide uh, Trevor with weapons – um, a lot of the really, really good tight ends at this point in the draft at 56 are gone. Um, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State is pretty much the only guy left. Um, but then two wide receivers that I really, really like, and Kayshawn Butte and Cedric Tillman. Uh, Butte, wide receiver out of LSU, who is a preseason All-American, and Cedric Tillman, uh, who had a great year for Tennessee, um, both of those guys kind of fit that mold of you're looking to build a basketball team for your wide receiver room. And both of these guys kind of have that big body uh, red zone, uh, a catch large catch radius kind of players. Yeah. Um, Kayshawn, I, I like a lot. I'm going to select Kayshawn here, but I would expect if the Jags were picking, it probably would be Cedric Tillman. Um, Kayshawn fell out of favor a lot, and the only thing, in my opinion, that he did poorly this year is be upset that his team was, was, was bad. And all he ever wanted to do was play for LSU. He stayed there when a new coach was coming in and a new quarterback was coming in. Uh, the team was not good. The quarterback was not good. I watched the first couple of games uh, of LSU. Uh, quarterback couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Keishon Butte uh, suffered for it, and he got frustrated, which is understandable. But Jags selecting Keishon Butte uh, here at 56 overall. And this is the George Pickens that we should have drafted last year. So we're going back through. We're going kind of quick here. Um, Eli Ricks, another player that's an interesting player at 65 that I have some some interest in circling. Mm, Hooker just went off the board <laughs> substantially <laughs> later than what uh than what Mike Tenenbaum has him going off yeah. Alf off the board on what yeah. pick four or whatever. Yeah, Hinden um, Hooker 76 to the to the Pats. <laughs> More uh, accurately, Eli, yeah. Eli Ricks, another player who really showed out as a as a rookie, uh, or as a freshman. Uh. And his struggles with see, injuries. Now, I don't see. So, <clears throat> if you look at pick 65, this is a guy that I was looking at and hoping mm-hmm. he would fall to Zach us. Charbonnet, and that is uh, running back UCLA. And he was drafted by the Texans in this draft. I would be surprised yeah. if the Texans draft a running back. Um, but the value is there. Because, in my mind, if we could mm-hmm. get someone like Zach Charbonnet in our pick, I would be pretty excited. However,. Um, oh, Tank. Oh, my God. Those bastards. Um, all right. So let's look at um, running back, uh, offensive tackle. Uh, let's go interior offensive line. Well, I hit offensive tackle and none populated in that top five. What was the other <laughs> one? <laughs> interior offensive line. Oh, boy. <laughs> Blake Freeland's down there. Uh, keep going. What, what was the other um, one? Linebacker. And cornerback. Oh, there we well, go. Or safety. Cornerback and safety. Let's just go at all, man. Because at this point, in my mind, plus best player available, I don't really see us going for an edge um, or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But other than that, best player available. Um, I like Tank Bigsby or Demarion Overshow. I like Tank. I, I, I think that Tajay Spears was that Deuce running Bond back that absolutely too. destroyed the combine. 
Scro- scroll um, down a little bit more. Sure. Sorry, everyone that's listening, you get to hear me. Direct him. Ooh, Pace is there. <sighs> Boy. Go back up. All the way top. Always the top. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with tank. Tank mm-hmm. Vicky. Uh if you're an SEC fan, you you know, you, you recognize that name. Um I think we should add some talent to the running back room and put a guy with some upside in there besides the two that we ran last year. You know, it wouldn't be I, I'm not going to be you know heartbroken if we don't draft the running back this this year. I I, I like our running back room. Uh, I think the improvements that we really need to make is in our blocking, not so much at the running back position. Um, one point I would say is that our running backs, our top two running backs, um, have some injury history, so it's not a bad position to have some depth in. Uh, so it's not a significant drop off. But everyone's coming back, you know the whole the whole gang's coming back. So, uh, it's not like we are. We have guys that are familiar with our system. Ahmed and Gaskin, they know our system now, uh, and so them coming back, it's it's not a huge drop off. But I just like the idea of drafting someone that could have an upside of a RB one, and I do think Tank has that upside. Love it. Tajay Spears still here for the Jags at 88. Uh, I don't think that there's a chance that the Jags draft a running back anywhere in this <laughs> draft. Um, Tucker Craft still available here. Uh, Jags tight end room is still very, very weak. Um, third round, taking a chance uh, a wide receiver that had some decent production as a um, as a tight end in a lower level of competition. Uh, who's a little bit more of a move tight end, a little bit more of like what uh, the Jacks like to use, what what uh, Doug Peterson likes to use. So I'm going to draft him here as our last draft pick. Let's see how PFF feels like we did in our draft here. Okay. So going back over it, Jacks select Cam Smith. 24th overall, <laughs> Kayshawn Boutte, uh, 56th overall, and uh, Tucker Craft, uh, 88th overall. They gave me a B minus. I, I probably could have left Boutte till the third round with how they feel about him. Um, overall, giving me a uh, C minus for my draft because Kayshawn Boutte was F. <laughs> for you, 51 and 84, we have Darnell Washington, Tank, Big, Tank Bigsby. With a B minus. Uh, Hell yeah. Love it. Love drafting with you. Love the mock draft season. We're going to get into more and more of these because not only do we love mock drafts, but the people love mock drafts. Our highest hey. listened yeah. shows, mock drafts. Yeah. Mock so, drafts. People are just so excited for us not drafting the first round. They're thirsty. They're horny for mock ones. drafts, some might say. <laughs> um, yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that the, the half our our listening group, if not more, are Dolphins fans, and we don't have a first round pick. They still come in for the incredible insight I have, where I definitely had Channing Tindall going to the Dolphins in the third round last year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Uh, to me, drafting in fantasy sports and in real life is just the best. more exciting than pretty much anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Darnell Washington pick, uh, again. How's that not an A? Plus, P- plus. Well, because <laughs> they have him on PFF Big, Big Board. It's number 71. It, yeah, yeah. PFF, I'm very interested on how all of these mock draft simulators actually, like, work out. I don't think that there's ever been, like, a ranking. I know they rank uh, the mock drafters based upon their accuracy. I am curious about how o- accurate all of these simulators are because to me darnell washington at 51 being a b is absolutely insane he's the second best tight end to me in this draft and that would darnell washington at 51 would be nailing it for the dolphins this would be i'd be pretty hyped for this dolphins draft if i were you or any dolphins fans out there 
All right, you got anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. All right, uh, we will be back in two weeks with a uh, another mock draft. We're gonna do a full first round uh, mock, and then we'll talk about some some players available for the Dolphins later on in the draft. But we're gonna do a, a back and forth full first round, getting ready for the draft. Uh, probably do some news and nah. Hopefully, uh, some of these more quarterback teams some of these quarterbacks that are still available will be gone and we'll be able to talk about them a little bit um but don't forget to rate and subscribe on apple podcast of course if you'd be so kind you can find and follow us at surf and artificial turf all one word on twitter you can email us at the same thing surf and artificial turf at gmail.com thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you all in two weeks on the surf and artificial turf podcast mm-hmm.